Then he poured wine over it as an offering to God and anointed the pillar with olive oil. And Jacob named the place Bethel, which means house of God, because God has spoken to him there. Praise God for his word. You may be seated. Dealing with holiness being dedicated to God, the subject matter this morning is going to be dealing with having a holy household. If you can help me announce that to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, a holy household. Amen. You know, make sure nobody's left out. Turn to the other side. Make sure nobody's left out. Tell them a holy household. In this text, we find in verse 1, it says, then God. I want to highlight that there's a moment there that something has happened that God had to speak to Jacob. It says, then God says, so if God says something, then what happened before? And if you look at what happens before, you see some tragic, tragic events that transpire. Jacob, loving his children and loving his family, were upset with what God has, what's up, what they have done to God, and he's now ashamed because of what God is going to do. And so God reminds Jacob that I am still God and I still love you. Isn't that a good reminder? Anybody like to get that reminder when somebody calls just to say I love you? They send you a text to say I'm thinking about you. They send you an email to let you know I'm just checking in to see how you're doing. Those are good reminders that somebody know I'm thinking about you. I care about you. And, and sometimes it happens at the right time. I'm right about it. You were going through a rough day. You was having some bad time. And at that right time, you got that message. You got that text. You got that phone call that just put a smile on your face. Jacob is down and out, y'all. He has suffered embarrassment because of his children doing something wicked in his sights, but also in God's sights. And now he says, look what you've done to me. These people that I tried to make peace with are now going to come after us because we are small in number. They can easily wipe us out. But we see then God said, then God said, aren't you glad God's still talking? Since God was still talking, Jacob was able to be encouraged to realize uh, you need to get up from there and go here. In having a holy household, we need to first be open for direction. Uh, Jacob's house was not holy at this time. They're not doing holy things. And Jacob realized that they're not in the right perspective, in the right position to be used by God. So God goes to the man of the house to give instruction to the house. He lets them know that you can't stay here. Watch out, somebody. You are going through some stuff in your life and you wonder why it's not working out, but you're trying to stay in the same position, but trying to be in a different position. Let me help somebody out. You, you, you want to be the captain, you want to be first, but you in the back of the line. It don't work that way. You need to move from that position. In order for you to move from that position, you need to listen to somebody's instructions and somebody's directions that knows how to get you from there to where you want to be. God is speaking to Jacob, letting him know, I see where you are, you're not happy where you are, and I'm trying to get you from there to here. 
Because I know the plans I have for you. That's God talking. God knows the plans he has for you. Jacob is down out. Jacob thinks it's all over. Jacob thinks his life is about to end because of what his children have done and defile the land where they were. But God lets them know I'm still in control. Anybody here glad that God's still in control? Because I, I know for a fact there's times I mess my own stuff up and I'm realizing, here it is, I mess it up, it's all over. But God lets us know that my grace is great, my mercy is everlasting, my love is everlasting. Look here, if I have something for you, if you're open for some instructions and some directions, I can get you where you need to be. So God moves Jacob from where he is to where he wants to be. God is showing Jacob that in his depression, in his funk, in his issues of aloneness, that he's not alone. God reaffirms Jacob of his promise. He says, he says, get ready and move to Bethel and settle there. Build an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. Look into these direction that God has given him. He's letting him know when you get there, this is what you're going to. You're going to build an altar, but I'm sending you back. To the place you ran to when you fled your brother Esau. Y'all know he fled his brother Esau because he's, he, he tricked his brother. That's where he got his name from, Jacob, the, de the deceiver, the tricky one. Jacob deceived his brother, took his father's blessing from the older brother. Esau was, was so mad he knew he was about to do something to his little brother. So the family told him, go run. He goes to Bethel. And when he goes there, that's when he has the dream. Jacob's ladder. Y'all familiar with Jacob's ladder? That's where he has this dream, and God lets him know that, no, my blessing is with you. I'm going to make you a fruitful nation. I'm going to keep the promise that your father's put upon you. It's going to be all right. That's where he saw God's face and, oh, okay, God, it's okay. It's okay. So he was reaffirmed there when he left his family. Left, He thought he was all alone because he left his family for the first time. He had to go out on his own, but God let him know, no, it's going to be all right. Can I help somebody out? God always knows how to speak to you in a position and the place to let you know it's going to be all right. I'm so glad that God knows at the time we need him most that when we are down and out, he's right there to let us know, I love you. I'm here to remind you everything's going to be all right. Now, did it look all right? Nope. Was he alone? Yes. Was he, was he left out of the house? Yes. But yet God says, I'm with you. There's, there's something good to know that when everything else may not be around you, but if God is with you, I sure enough believe that something's going to work out in my favor. Am I talking to somebody here on this morning? And so he realized that if God is with me, I, I might as well keep on pushing. So God looks, so God looks at Jacob. Now Jacob looks at his family and says, here family, it's time for us to get ready to go and see God. Because look what's happening here. He's going back to the place where he met God. And since he met God there before, that became a sacred place. And he could not just show up anyway. He says, we need to get ready. Y'all see that in the text? He's letting them know that they need to remove every distraction, every sinful, every pagan idol thing they have. Remove it because we're about to go see God. He instructs the house to, pre to prepare for this journey. Verse 2 says, so Jacob told everyone in the household, everyone in the household, get rid of all your pagan idols. Purify yourselves and put on clean clothing. He told everybody in the household. He told it from the greatest to the least. Everybody within my household has to abide by these rules. Can I help somebody out? That when you want to have a holy household, you cannot bend the rules for some people. 
You let so-and-so come over and say, well, you know, that's a so-and-so. Let so-and-so have their way. No, 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 no. This is my house. And in my house, you're going to abide by my rules. Jacob let them know that you're going to travel with us. This is what must be done. Everybody must remove every pagan idol. It says they even gave their earrings, which sometimes some people suggest that anything that might resemble or bring back remembrance of the past sins, get rid of it. Can I help somebody out that some of us got some stuff in our closet? Every now and then you go back and look at to remind yourself how things used to be, but you need to go ahead and get rid of it. Go ahead and get rid of it. You don't want to go back to those days and those times that was stressful and has you depressed and locked up. Get rid of that stuff and say, God got something better in store. So as God is moving the family, he's letting them know that you need to get rid of all these pagan idols. And then he buried it under the tree. They brought to him everything and he buried it. it means he let it go. He put it behind because they were leaving that place. Going to help somebody out to understand that when you get rid of it, leave it alone. Get rid of it. Don't look back. You're going to a better place. So having a holy house, I got to be willing to follow the direction that God has given us that we need to remove the sin that is easily besetting us, remove idols, remove anything that is going to block us from starting and continuing our journey. Because you notice that he's still in the place of his depression. But God came to him there and God says, I'll meet you somewhere else. Oh, glory. And so in a moment of depression, God is letting them know, you want your house in order. Your house is dysfunctional right now. Your house is out of order. You want your house in order. This is what you need to do. Jacob said, I'm waking up to this, God. I see that my my sons are acting a fool. My children are acting a fool. What can I do? I need to get right with you. Okay, God, well, I'm going to start with me and my house. Here we go. Y'all need to get everything out that's not like him out of here. You see how he had to start it. He had to start with himself and before the people, and they were willing to follow. And once they were willing to follow, look what happens. They had to purify themselves. Not only, not only were they willing to follow instructions, but they were secondly w- w- looking to remove all distractions. They removed all the idols, removed all the jewelry, and then it says put on clean clothing. I mean, they had to wash their clothes. If you look in Exodus and you see that many times they purified themselves, when they purified themselves, they did a lot of things. They bathed, they abstained from certain stuff, and they washed their clothes. To prepare themselves for the journey. They made a, pur- a purposeful statement of saying, we are going to wash these clothes and keep them clean and prepare ourselves for the journey to go. It was, a, it was a physical position, but also a mental position that not only were they physically cleaning themselves, but mentally they're trying to purify their minds to prepare themselves to go see God. Because, you know, God's a holy God. And we can't just show up to God anyway. Psalm 24 remind, you know, reminds us, you know, who can come but those who have a clean hands and pure heart. It, it's kind of hard for us to come to worship and say how great is our God when we know we're about to go do some sins. You're going to say how great is our God, but I'm about to go beat up somebody today. It, it doesn't sound right. We say, God, we love you, God, but yet I hate so-and-so because they get on my last nerves. It does not line up to what the word of God calls us to do. When the world gets into us, then we realize that I need to remove those things that will easily beset me. So I got to remove anger and hatred that's going to cause me to do harmful and hurtful things to other people because it's going to stop me from getting to where I want to be. If God wants me over there and I need love to get there, then I need to remove hate. Well, y'all looking at me, and I see how y'all looking at me. Pastor, what do you mean I got to remove it? Because you know people get on my last nerves. You're not alone. You are not alone. 
Look at Jesus. He had a devil in his group. And he still washed his feet. And so if Jesus can put it up, come on, come on, we can do the same. Is it, is it hard? Yes, it's hard. But we can do it. And so Jacob is, is, is challenging them to put away these things they had attached to and prepare themselves to go. And then look, look as they are following his directions. They're removing distractions. Now look at their devotion. In verse 3, we see here that God is reminding them, we are now going to Bethel where I will build an altar to the God who answered my prayers when I was in distress. Oh, glory be to God. He has been with me, what? Wherever I have gone. It came back to Jacob's memory. I felt alone. I felt distressed. But my God has been with me. We are going to the place when I was in distress. He heard my cry. We, we love that old song. I love the Lord. He heard my cry. I love you. We, we love singing that song. When, and you know if we start singing that song, we'd be here all night and all day. Because everybody got a verse that can go to that song about how I love the Lord. Because we love the Lord. And so he says, I love the Lord. He heard my distress. We're going to that place where he answered me. And look here, children. Look here, wives. Yeah, wives. Look here, wives. He's never left me. Mm. Mm. And so in this process of having a holy household, following directions and, and having devotion and removing distractions, even in the midst of the confusion of sin and deception, God was still with them. And Jacob realized that. Can I help somebody out? That no matter what you're going through, the problem is not too big, it's not too ugly, that God is still available. That's good news. That when other people have left you, other people have given up on you, when other people think that you are worth nothing, God says you're worth everything. That's why I sent my son to die for you. Isn't that good news? That you are that precious to him that he will still be with you when others will abandon you. Even when you deserve it. Jacob knows he deserves the people to turn on him because he broke the covenant he had with them. Go back and look in the chapter. They're supposed to be peaceful and share everything, but their brother, his sons got messed up and they killed everybody, even the king and his son. And he says, they, they're going to come up on us and we know what we deserve, but God showed mercy. You know, mercy is, is, is relenting what you deserve. Y'all quiet on me. Mercy is relenting from what you deserve. They're still quiet on me. I got to spend some more time on this. Okay. Uh, uh, See, God's mercy is great. Why is his mercy great? Because you deserve to die. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And look here, you, why do you deserve to die? For the wages of sin is death. But the gift, I'm not going to get to the gift because y'all messed up on the wage part because y'all still they're talking to me. Y'all can talk back to the pastor. I'll be done with this point. This is not even in my script, but I got to get to because y'all quiet on me. See, the wages of sin is death, which means that you worked hard to die. What do you mean I worked hard to die? Every time you lied, you was, you was working to die. Every time you stole, you was working to die. Every time your eyes got low, you were working to die. You were working to die. And God was ready to pay your payments in full. But he had a gift. But the gift of God is eternal life through 
Christ Jesus. This gift he gave to us for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. So you see, he willingly gave us a gift that we did not deserve. We deserve death, and he was ready to pay it. He already got the deposit ready, hell, but he made a gift available so that you might know heaven. All right, I think I can move on now. So, so mercy is relenting from what you do deserve, but I'm so glad that God is full of grace and mercy. That's why we like that song, surely goodness and mercy. So follow me all the days of my life. And Jacob just said, God has been with me, so he knows about God's goodness and mercy. And so look what happens here. So you realize that my God has been there in my time of distress. And then look how in verse 11, God, even when he gets to Bethel, this is when he gets to Bethel, that God reveals himself to him again. He says, El Shaddai, I am God Almighty. And even before God declares this to Jacob to make sure Jacob knows who he is, in verse 5, we see the commentary that the cities around as they were traveling were in fear, were in terror because of God's presence. Oh, glory be to God. Before God let them know he was almighty God, Jacob already understood because the cities around them were terrified as Jacob started moving around. They said, we're not going to mess with him because his God is a mighty God. Oh, glory. Glory be to God. Can I help somebody out to let you know that once you're under his covering, you're under his blessing, who wants to, who dare mess with you? Because our God is a mighty God. They think they can do what they want to you, but they better watch out because our God is a mighty God. We see it in verse 5, they were full of terror from God. All the towns. So no one attacked Jacob's family. <laughs> Which means this, that as you're going on your journey where God wants you to be, know that God has already prepared for you to make it there. Oh, glory. He's already prepared for you to make it there. Which means that he knows the plans for you and he knows what he wants to do in your life. And he wants to work it out for your good. And it's for his will. So he knows how to put it into place. When we surrender and obey him. And so look what happens. That this great mighty God tells him to be fruitful and multiply. And the promise I gave you then I give you now. He also changes his name. Doesn't he not? He says your name is no longer Jacob. But your name is Israel. So he's letting him know that. Cast what's happening to God. God is showing him a change here. You are Jacob because you are a deceiver. You are a tricky one. But in my nation, my people will not be known as this. If you look earlier, when he first gets his name, it says because he struggled with God. But there's a other, another meaning which means God prevails. And so when God just tells him your name is Israel, he does not say for you struggle with God. He's letting him know that God prevails. And he's letting them know that this God has prevailed in blessing you. This God has made himself known to bless you and lead you from a place of deception, a place of disgusting depression that you had to a place of a blessing I'm giving to you. So your former person who you used to be, a deceiver, a liar, a cheat, that's who you used to be. I I'm calling you to come out of that and become known of a nation, of a people that will realize that God does prevail. And so now they know as Israel, aren't they not? 
not known as Jacob the deceivers, the tricky ones, but as Israel, as God prevails. And look what happened here. He changed his name because of the change in the direction of his life. He says you need to get from where you are and move to Bethel and build an altar there. And what the altar symbolizes is this, that this is dedicated and holy unto God. That's why he called it El Bethel, the God of Bethel. He realized that it was God that met him here, it was God that placed him here, and as God, he's going to serve here. And he realized no longer will they call me Jacob, but they're going to call me Israel. There's been a change. Can I help somebody out? That he who's in Christ is a new creation. Behold, the old things that pass away. Behold, all things become new. When we give our life over to the Lord, we let go of the past, and we become new. He says, I got a new blessing for you. And the new blessing is that you're no longer Jacob, but that you're Israel. You're a new person. There's a blessing that's going to come through you. The kings are going to come out of your line. And you know the greatest king came out of his line. That's the king of kings. That's the Lord of lords. That's the host of hosts. He came down some 42 generations. We know him as Mary's baby. They called him Jesus. But we also know that he's a prince of peace. He's a bright and the morning star. He is a mighty counselor. He's a wonderful counselor. He is the lamb and the lion, the tribe of Judah. He is the lamb to take away the sins of the world. I'm talking about Jesus. And Jesus has come through this great promise that came through Jacob to let us know that we too can be changed. So I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what depression, what funk, what issue you're going through. It could be physical. It could be financial. It could be mental. It can't be spiritual. Whatever it is going through is not, is not limited to our God because our God is unlimited. And he's able to bring you out of whatever it is. Are you open to follow some directions and remove some distractions and have some devotion? And I guarantee God will position you in the place he wants you to be. Can it help you out to realize that Jacob did not see God again till he got where God told him to be. Whoa. God told him where to be. My question is, has God told you where to be? And what is distracting you from getting there? Are you holding on to past memories, to past issues that you're trying to hold on to that you should have buried, that you should have let go a long time ago? Are you staying in a place of, 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 of dysfunction thinking that I'm no good and, and, and nothing I can do is any good? Or are you open to hear from God says, I made you. I formed you. I created you for my glory. I want you to understand, do not let other people place value on you because they don't know your true value. You, 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 don't, you don't take you don't take stuff to people that, have no, that do not understand how to take care of it. So why would you trust other people that did not make you, that did not create you? You have certain car dealerships, right? Car dealerships that give you guaranteed maintenance for the life of a car. So you got to go back to the dealership for them to properly take care of your car. You can't go somewhere else and get that proper maintenance. I'm here to let you know that God made you. All you got to do is go back to him. So, Lord, I need some maintenance. He said, what took you so long? He already knows what you need. He already knows what you're needed. He's just waiting for you to make yourself available. Once Jacob was down and out, God said he's ready to get back in the position that I want to use him. That's why we need to be still and know that he has God. In other words, you just need to let your hands down and say, God, do what you can do. 
And once Jacob realized what God was going to do, he made sure the people understood, all right, we got to get ready because God's about to make a move and we're not going to have any distractions here. We're going to get rid of every pagan idol, anything that's like it. And look how it grabbed them. He did not say take off your earrings. The people would move by conviction that we need to get rid of our earrings. We need to get rid of every pagan idol, get everything right so we can be ready for the movement of God. I'm here to encourage you that you need to go and clean up your house. And remove the stuff that has been hindering you, that keeps you having laps and backsliding, going back over and over and over and over. And you stressed out. Wonder why it's not working out. When God has already told you you need to push it out. And once you let go, you have opened up room for God. Just think about how... Many people have heart issues, and when they have problems with the heart, oftentimes it's what's leading to the heart that's the problem. And what's leading to the heart oftentimes has blockage. They shut down, and they're not operating right, so therefore the heart starts to fail. So they got to put balloons in. They got to blast stuff out. They even got to replace some and put some new in. Here, what I'm trying to tell you is this, that God sees that there's some stuff that's infecting our hearts and serving him. And look here, just as a doctor is able to do operation on them, God certainly can do that on us. That he can remove the blockage. He can replace what is broken. And he can give us a better and a stronger heart to use him. Because studies have shown those who oftentimes catch it at the right time when they have a heart problem, they live longer. Y'all catch that? They live longer and healthier. Come on. Anybody want to live longer and healthier? Well, let God work on your heart. Let him work on your heart and follow the instructions that he's given you to properly exercise your heart and do what needs to be done. So, Lord, I'm available for you. And watch him move you to where he wants you to be. I'm going to close with this to understand this, that many of us are not where we want to be, and that's great. You say, why is that great? I'm going to say why that's great. That means he's not done with you. <laughs> we always want the finished product, but yet there's a journey there. We, we hear about the journey. He prepared them for a journey. I don't know where your journey is to your Bethel and where you're going to make your altar and realize God has brought me to this place. But you still need to prepare yourself for the journey. Because oftentimes the journey is greater than the destination. And so what is your journey? And are you ready to go on the journey? Because you can't go on the journey. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. You can't go on the journey and be to the place he wants you to be if you don't have what you already need. What I'm trying to say here is this, that he told them what they needed to get ready. Some of us trying to bring stuff that we don't need. And then we mad when we get that we don't have what we need. God is letting us know that just trust me and I will give you what you need. He didn't tell him what to take. He told him what to get rid of. <laughs> he was going to provide for them because he was an awesome God. And I'm here to encourage you to let you know, stop thinking about what I need to take to say, what do I need to get rid of, God, so I can be ready for this journey. He's ready to work on you. He's ready to give you a holy household. 
that you can have peace, that you can have comfort. But it's up to you to be open for his directions, to remove, his, remove those distractions, and be open for his devotion. And he'll get you to your destination. Every head, by every eyes closed, please, as we come. Lord.